Thanks, me, for that great introduction. Welcome back, guys, from our week hiatus. Um, we did not watch Backlash. I had f- prior family priorities, and Steve was down in South Carolina, so we didn't really watch all of it. So we didn't do the review, unfortunately. But um, the predictions was, you know, we were even. We it was a draw. We didn't. Um, yeah, it was actually pretty even. I was quite surprised. It. it uh, the WWE picks, though, were f- way off. Really? Oh, God, yeah. They were bad. But, uh... So, without further ado... This week, we're not going to be doing news. Uh, because, with everything going on, I, f- we, I personally feel like that we do not have the authority or the um, charisma to pull off anything funny about this. Yeah, no. So, um... Yeah, we're not going to talk about any news. Uh, the only news that's newsworthy, honestly, is Undertaker saying that he's retiring after, you know, his documentary ended. Right. And uh, we're going to do something new after that. Uh, the, the We're going to try a new segment called, Can It Be Booked Worse? We're going to book Undertaker's loss at WrestleMania 30. It's He's still going to lose. And we're going to book it worse. Oh, are we ever. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, uh, just a couple more announcements. Um, the podcast is now going to be a video form. Uh, it's going to be a video waveform on YouTube. And please go to subscribe and look that up for uh, Light Blue Media, the YouTube channel. It will be under that. Um, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, and a whole bunch of other different, uh, podcasting, streaming sites, and without further ado, we're just gonna talk about The Undertaker. Oh yeah, without a doubt, it, 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 it would probably be the perfect time for, it'd be, it would, it's just the perfect setting, it's where he debuted, it's where he can end it, um... Thoughts the on the opponent, on, and but the cherry on top. If he came in in his outfit, he came out with when he first debuted. That would be interesting, without a doubt. That'd be very interesting, honestly. I I would love to see that. That seems like it'd be a good idea. So would I, but I don't see it happening. But thoughts on an opponent, though. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go, like, already established or an up-and-comer, you know, somebody from, like, NXT. Fuck, give the win to Austin Theory. Who cares? Um, <laughs> no, I got it, I got it, I got it. Oh, boy. Alice, Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can... Yeah. One, just, just think, one phenomenal think thing of- to another... Right, the stink of the promos between them, though, leading up to the match. I don't know about that. The promos from Taker I'm fine with, but it's the promos from Alistair to Taker that's going to be a challenge. That's what I mean, but I think he can hit that. I really do. You think he can match promo for promo for Taker? He's not going to be, like, Taker's 100. I could see him getting, like, 90. Okay, you know so I mean? he's passing, but it's it's just missing the mark. It's just missing the mark, but it's just it's 
way better than just good enough. It's almost excellent, but it's like think of it when you're grading when you sent out to get a comic grade. Okay. Say like a ten point oh is the pristine. I give Alistair Black a nine point five. Okay, so if, we're ba- if if we were grading on like a college like grading system, Taker's a four point Alistair is like a three point eight. 3.5, 3. 3.8, yeah. Okay. So he's in that mid-range mid, mid range of anything that can happen, pretty much. Which is a good thing, honestly. But, uh... And the entrances out of those two. Uh, at Survivor Series, that, you know... I think that could work. I honestly think that could work. I really would love to see... Because they're not really doing much with Aleister Black right now. It'd be something perfect to jumpstart him. To what we all know, what he can do, and they're just not doing it. Yeah, I can see that. But uh, yeah, so um, obviously we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the very ugly in his career. Um, obviously, I want to talk about the ugly because I love talking about the bad shit that's always happened in his career. Um, are we talking about? Are we going to talk about the Goldberg match? Please say it's the Goldberg match. Oh, uh, that and more. Um, but we're going to go in chronological order if we can. Uh, the first okay. bad opponent he really had was Giant Gonzalez. Oh my god, you, you mean the pre-evolution form of Great Kali? Yeah. That's another one that was bad. Um, Mabel was a bad rival for Undertaker. He crushed his fucking eye sockets. I remember that. that Which is why... Which is why he came with the Phantom of the Opera mask out in his entrances. Right. <laughs> um, what was another bad one? Vader I, I was good. Oh, I can't remember. that one-off match with the fucking Executioner. Dude, I totally forgot. <laughs> vaguely remember that. Um... Uh, who else was bad against Taker? There were a few. They're really, it's it's really hard to remember the attitude era because there was so much greatness out of there. Okay, it was really Dark, hard. The, the miser the Ministry of Darkness, which is bad all around. Yeah, that could have been some. That could have been something, but anybody who says that the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness character was good, look in the mirror and tell yourself you're lying. It, it wasn't good by any means. It could have been, which was sad. That that whole stable brought in the higher power storyline. I did not like that at all. Oh, neither did I. That's why I said they could have done so much more with that, mm-hmm. but they dropped the ball hard. I mean, his Hell in a Cell match with Big Boss Man, that was a shit show. Oh, you mean the hanging? Yeah, let's lynch a guy. That's a great idea. Yeah, I remember watching that when I was like a teenager and asking my parents, why is he doing that? Yeah. That was... That was odd. Right, so like, oh, we're doing this today. Yeah, but... With the bed, there was a lot of good. You know, he had great matches with Yokozuna. He had great matches with Diesel. He had phenomenal matches with Shawn Michaels. Don't forget, 
him versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match for the undisputed title at Raw. That brought out a lot from Taker, honestly. The storytelling in that match from the experienced Taker and the up-and-comer in comparison, Jeff Hardy, the story that those two told, give and take in that match alone, and the respect afterwards. Oh, yeah. That was a great match. Um, And then a a personal good note for Undertaker for me is I actually got to one house show set three rows away from the ring from Undertaker versus Mankind versus Austin versus Kane. Nice. Dead center, too. So that's a personal good moment. A good for Undertaker for me. Nice. Um, him versus Austin was great for the first blood under the air match. Oh, the one that fully loaded in Buffalo? Yep, I was in the nosebleeds. Nice. Um, yeah, but no bad opponents. It was great. Kali was one of was one of the more noticeable ones. Um, Heidenreich. Do you remember the 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 feud with Heidenreich he had? Well, Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> like it was. Oh God. Who else? Big Daddy V. Remember when that was a thing? So just rehashing. Yeah. Um. Just with less clothing on his part and Big Daddy V's part. Yeah. There was a lot of like big man matches that he did not do well in, but I think it was because of the other person. Yeah. Not necessarily because of him. Like, Maple was not that agile in the ring. Yokozuna was an agile big motherfucker. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but, like, with Undertaker, because Undertaker was in the company, you've now spawned so many different matches because of him. Yeah, yeah, it's the Hell in a Cell. Him and Shawn Michaels' first ever Hell in a Cell match, also the debut of Kane. Right. Well, think about this. He's been in the first ever casket match. Been in the first ever Buried Alive match. Been in the first ever Hell in a Cell. Been in the first ever Pujami Prison. Can we just strike that one from the record? (laughs) Well, no. I mean, that match, it's a better version of the Kettle from Hell. Yeah, I was an atrocity. Um... He's done so many firsts in this business that he he's been a pioneer throughout his entire career. Honestly, yeah, because look how many people have tried have imitated him since, or have done his moves like he does. Right. Like comedy, like there's a few guys that were for a while using the tombstone as the normal move. Yeah, and that was because of the Undertaker. That had to be annoying. Um, right. Like what? Like yeah. what else is there that he's done? Like he's he's been. I the 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 list of accolades that he has is amazing. Plus, a world record winner, greatest WrestleMania streak ever. Um, mm-hmm. Multiple time WWE champion. I don't know if he's ever had the IC title. Or, no, he's never had the IC title or the US title. He's only had, I believe, the World Heavyweight titles and tag team titles. Right. 
So, I mean, but he was such a high-value character. Putting, like, the IC title, the U.S. title on him, would have it would have done nothing for his career at all. Right. The, with those two titles. I mean, you see some big-name guys, like, example, Randy Orton winning the U.S. title a while, a couple years back. But somebody at the level of Taker, he didn't need either one of them. Right, which I understand, but it was it, so. Let's just let's just go over his WWE accomplishments here. And I love that under WWE, the WCW Tag Team Championships is on that list. It <laughs> yeah, nowadays yeah. So he's been a six-time. World tag WWF World Tag Team Champion once with Austin, twice with Big Show, once with The Rock, and twice with Kane. And <laughs> right, he's had one, two, three, he's had four partners, and then <laughs> he's won the Hardcore Championship once. I forgot about that. That was hilarious. I totally forgot about that one. Um, he's won the WWE Championship four times. He's won the World Heavyweight Championship three times. He is the first person to win the Royal Rumble at number 30. He's a 12-time Slammy Award winner. Well, there goes Owen Hart's two-time. Um, he also beat Maven's ass back and forth throughout the arena just because because I had to add that in. Yeah. He's won the Uquate Trophy in 2020 because that was a thing. What was that? So that was a gauntlet match in Saudi Arabia to literally start the feud between him and AJ Styles. Oh. Okay. So. I honestly, I don't watch like the Super Showdowns or the other ones. And I could care less. They're so mind-numbingly boring. Oh, it's so bad. So bad. I love... This is interesting. I love that they actually have his WrestleMania record Holy shit, this is awesome. Okay, um, so the the Slammy Awards were for Best Entrance, Best Tattoo, whatever. Right. Um, match of the Year four times. You can obviously take a guess which four they were. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, and if you can't, I'll tell you. Michaels at 25 and 26. Triple H at 28 inside Hell in a Cell. And then, and him and mankind. No, Brock Lesnar at Hell in the Cell. Really? Yeah, they said that Hell in the Cell match was match of the year, and I, I can tend to agree with them. Huh. Uh, moment of the year was against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Yeah. Uh, he was the most intimidating in 94. To go figure. Yeah. Uh, he won OMG Moment of the Year in 2011 from kicking out a Triple H's Tombstone Pile Driver at 27. Yeah. 
Rivalry of the Year versus Brock Lesnar in 2015. Uh... The star of highest of the highest magnitude in '97. That's what he won. And WWF's greatest hit, sucking Diesel into the abyss at In Your House Six, Rage in the Cage. I remember. I, I remember seeing clips of that. Yeah, and uh, wow, that's pretty good. The Wrestling what? Observer Newsletter gave him the best gimmick from '90 90 to '94. Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, gave him a best heel in 91. Gave him (laughs) feud of the year in 07 against Batista. Mm. Um, Worst feud of the year in 93 versus Giant Gonzalez. So he's had best and worst. Yeah, the Gonzalez feud, that, that, that was bad. Won a weird one as Reader's least favorite wrestler of 2001. Okay. <laughs> right, that's a weird one. Right. Uh, most disgusting promotional tactic in 2005. Um, have, so, Undertaker's been a victim of circumstance when it comes to angles. Um, yeah. So, does anybody remember. Muhammad Hassan. Oh, the he decided to hide the body at the Great American Bash in Buffalo. Uh, not only that, um, but the Thursday before they decide to almost reenact a terrorist attack on the Undertaker, and two days earlier than that, there was a terrorist bombing at London. Huh. Or on the day of the London bombings. Yes, I'm vaguely remembering that now. But I just Undertaker remember remember like wanna see me make a guy disappear. Poof gone. Yeah, poof gone. He's the poof, gone. And and now he's a principal. Yeah, right, go figure. Um Yeah, and then it goes through all of his uh WrestleMania's Take a guess which was his longest WrestleMania match. Give me one. Is it a current one or is it an older one? At least give me that. Between the years of 2010 to 2020. And Triple H? Which match? The first one. No, the no-holds-barred match actually lasted shorter than the Hell in the Cell match. The Hell in the Cell match went at 30 minutes and 50 seconds. The next match was Michaels at 25 at 30-41. That was... I was between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I couldn't decide who, but I just went with Triple H. Right. Um, That... That's my favorite match, is that Michaels-Undertaker at 25, that first match. Oh, yeah. That will always be my favorite match, because if if you're starting out in the business, and you want to know how to work a sports entertainment match, watch that match. If you want to know how to work a wrestling match, watch Austin versus Bret Hart in that submission match at WrestleMania 13. Oh. And then if you want to watch good storytelling, in my opinion, watch that ladder match with Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, like, Taker has been in a lot of good matches. It, yeah. It's so... It's so weird to see someone like that through 30 years of entertainment. He's been... <laughs> let's see if we can go through all the storyline bullshit. He's uh, been buried alive three times. Um, he's been in Infernal matches twice. Yeah, he, I forgot about those. He's hung a man from the Hell in the Cell. He's literally thrown a man off the top of the cell. He's he's almost murdered Mick Foley, yes. Um, twice. Twice. The in the, yeah, in less than ten minutes. Um, he made Shawn Michaels spill most of the blood out of his body. He pretty much made Shawn Michaels an organ donor by the time he was done with him, but then still lost the match. Go figure. Right. Right. Um... <laughs> He has tried to, oh boy, I can't believe I'm going to be saying this live on air. He's tried to, um, in, uh, what is it, in, not entombed, um, oh, uh, what the fuck is it? When, I don't know. embalmed, there it is. He tried to embalm yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin live on air. I remember that. Um oh, don't forget crucifying Stephanie McMahon on the Taker Cross. <clears throat> Not only crucifying her, but forced married her. Right. Wonder where Kane got that for Lita. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's put people on cross, uh, not crosses, symbols. Vince McMahon, this was one thing Bruce Pritchard said on the podcast com- to- all the time. Was he didn't put him on a cross? He put him on a symbol, the Undertaker's symbol, because they always tried to not have religion in the storyline. I mean, the last three Super Showdowns he's been in, yeah, uh, has shit the bed, yeah. But the Goldberg one takes the cake right now. Yeah, because in the middle of the match, it was going good, and then in the middle of the match, Goldberg gets a fucking busted open concussion, but and tries to jackhammer him and almost breaks his fucking neck. Right. And oh my god, that that match should never have happened. On either end. Like, the last three matches that happened for Taker's career should not have happened. No. I mean, it was cool seeing the Brothers of Destruction versus DX again. I I get it, that was cool, but those guys are so old. They're tired. They've had enough of this shit. On paper, it sounds like a great idea. But when you watch it, it's like, ew. Why? Yeah, but Gross. this here's the thing. This was the match that brought Shawn Michaels out of retirement. Yeah. And then put him quietly back in that retirement home. Right. It, he had a day pass. Yeah, pretty much. He had a day pass to go get his ass whooped and take 
Kane's mask off by accident and have Triple H get his bicep torn clean off the bone. Right. Yeah. It's like, you, we get it. You guys want to wrestle, but you don't need to. You've done your job. Now it's your time to relax. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's agreed. That's agreed upon wholeheartedly. Like, you, you, you four gentlemen have done enough for this business on your own. I get you want to be a part of it, but be a part of it behind the screen. Don't hurt your bodies anymore. You don't have to. Right. And that's another thing. Like, if, if, if Taker is retired, can you see him in a producer role? I don't know. That's one of those things where it's like, can you see a guy like The Undertaker who loves being out in the ring being a producer? I think in his case, he'd have to step away on it with that. I don't see him... I don't see him doing a producing thing. I, I don't see him also doing what Kane's doing and being a governor or mayor for some state in Tennessee. Kentucky. I don't see... Oh, Kentucky? I thought it was Tennessee. No, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't I don't see Taker doing any of that behind-the-scenes stuff. I can maybe see one little blue moon being a guest coach or something. At, at even NXT. That's a, even that's a first stretch, though. <coughs> oh, I'll edit that out. Um, I really think that's even a first stretch, though. I could... Okay, now that you say NXT, I can see Taker take that dusty role. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it... I think Taker would be a wonderful asset to NXT. He would if he still wanted to do stuff like that. You got a point. He should stay away from Raw and SmackDown and join, you know, like Triple H and Shawn Michaels over there at NXT Lane. Somebody got William Regal as your general manager. You can't go wrong. Right. But think about that. You have Triple H, like, one of the greatest minds of this business. Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest entertainers of this business. And The Undertaker, one of the best psychological like wrestlers in this business. He And then you got the gets and then it. You got the technical side of William Regal. Yeah. So with those four together, you could be creating perfect wrestlers out of the gate every single fucking time. You could have a future taker on the hands. You never know. Okay. Now, I have to... I don't want to point this out. Not to that level, but... There is a rumor. And it's a heavy, anvil size, anchor-weighted rumor that Taker's son, his first son... Is that a kid? He has four. Go take her. Two of them with Michelle McCool. And the other two probably with Sarah. Uh, one with Sarah and one with his third wife. Ah. Which is his first wife. Nice. Um, his first son looks, A, 
exactly like the poor bastard. <laughs> Sounds exactly like the poor bastard. Dr. Taker again. Uh-huh. They're actually thinking about continuing the gimmick with his son going forward. That would be so awesome. Has Undertaker come back for like an exchange, like a passing of the torch thing to his own kid? No, 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 no. Like, as in, like, Mark Calloway steps away and his son comes in and just yeah. picks up where his dad left off. Right. Like, it, it's going to be a continuation of Taker, and it's not going to be like a passing of the torch, which would be interesting, but they're thinking about just, you know, keep on going and seeing how much they can milk out of the gimmick. Like, a cooler way in my mind would have been to, like, do like a cinematic thing where the boy picks up his dad's hat and kind of does some weird like flashbacky type of stuff, and then puts it on his head, and then that, and then when it, and the transformation happens, you know, blah blah blah, and that's when he comes out in the ring for right. his first appearance. So, I just saw this, and I don't know if any other wrestler has this um, accolade of video game accomplishments. He has been in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, He is in 56 video games from 1992 to 2020. Uh, The first appearance I remember was the old um, WrestleMania arcade game when you only had like six people to pick from. Yeah, the WWF Super WrestleMania. Maybe eight because it looked like a Mortal Kombat setup with how they picked the first original people. Right. And I remember the Tubestone one to do it because it was so arcadey. He pulled out an actual tombstone and hit somebody in the head with it. Oh, so you're talking... So you're talking 95, the WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game. That was my first time playing a wrestling game with Undertaker in it. WWF Super WrestleMania was the first WWF game for Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, I don't think I played that one. That was in 92. Yeah, it's... It's interesting, to say the least. And then he'll probably be in the new new wrestling game this year that's coming out. So there goes another accolade to that long list. He's probably going to be in a lot of future games to come, too. Oh, he's got a 15-year-long contract with the company. Right. Think about that. 
I mean, on top of all the mobile games, he was just a part of the King of Fighters All-Star game, which I have on my phone and is a very good game. I hope you guys sponsor us. Um, it, it, so he's also in WWE Supercard, which is also a great game, please. Right. Um, Immortals, which the servers died. Thank God that game sucked. Um, yeah, let's not talk about that one. <laughs> yeah. WWE Champions, the Bejeweled game. Which was actually really entertaining. It is very entertaining. Um... Some of these games I've never even heard of. WWE Aftershock was exclusively released on the N-Gage, whatever the fuck that was. Imagine, like, the Stadia, the Google Stadia nowadays. It was some kind of... It was like a name-brand, off-brand gaming system type of thing. Well, try this one. With Authority was an online wrestling game created by... Genetic Anomalies in conjunction with THQ and the WWE. It was the first WWF game released solely on home computers since 92's European Rampage Tour. Yeah, I have no clue. I got no idea what that is. If anybody has an idea what that is, that'd be great to know. Right. Right. Yeah, I have a feeling some of those out of that whole list I was not going to know. He was on Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah, I missed that show. Um, it, it's just amazing. He was married for ten years to his first wife, Jody Lynn, uh, and they had a son named Vincent Gunner Calloway. Um. Sarah had two daughters with him. And Okay, I'm sorry. Michelle McCool only has one kid with him. So he's had he has three girls and one boy. Damn. Poor bastard. Right. No wonder why he comes back to wrestle. Right. College ain't gonna pay for itself. No. Um <laughs> Um, he's practiced in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and has earned his black belt in it. That's scary. Motherfucker. That's scary. Uh, Why? Right? <laughs> you can just stare at me and I can poop my pants. I don't want to be choked to death and pooping my pants. Oh my god. He's also friends with Matthew McConaughey. Like, that is the best thing you've said all day. Like, he is friends with Matthew McConaughey strictly because of their love of University of Texas. That would be the best thing I've ever heard. Like, he's. That was on the documentary. Like, he's friends with Lance Armstrong, the one testicle biker, not the astronaut. And. Oh, and, don't, for, and don't forget. He paid tribute to Kobe Bryant when he threw that thing in there and said, Kobe. Yeah. Like, what? Like, this man is amazing. He's great. I mean, he. His, his whole character from the beginning of 
him just being a scary dude than actually going into the character of, yeah, he's a creepy dude. He's going to build caskets. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. Right. Then to, yeah, I have a family. Like, what? To Paul Bearer turning on him. Like, everything about this man in wrestling storyline-wise has been nothing but a chapter, beyond chapter, beyond chapter, beyond chapter. You pretty much from here I go killing again to Mr. Rogers. Yeah. He Um, went from Kermopulous Michael to Mr. Rogers. Pretty much. Um... He has a 10-book comic book on this character. I am not surprised. What the hell? And he's been in, like, animated shows like Camp WWE. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's... I'm sure he's been in some movies. I can't remember which ones. Uh, the only ones, the only ones they even come close to bring up is Beyond the Bat, the Flintstones in WWE, Scooby Doo in WWE, and Surf's Up Two. Huh. Yeah. So we'll just say Camp WWE. <laughs> yeah, Camp WWE was. I still think a great show. It was. And, you know, for him to say the way he left it with AJ Styles was the way to leave it, I agree with him. That match was so good. It was better than it needed to be. Right, and then the whole fact of AJ still playing enough afterwards at Money in the Bank. Yeah. Like, how how good is that? Right, you have your match at WrestleMania, you go away for a bit. You come back saying, I'm not dead yet, and you're still spooked out by his pitcher, and freak the hell out when you get thrown in, when you get thrown in that room with the casket and the purple lights. Yeah. I mean, I love The Undertaker. I've literally followed his career the entire time. I was born in 92. I have researched a lot of different things about A, The Undertaker, and B, about pro wrestling in general. Even before then. So, to know a lot about The Undertaker is saying something. Right. Like, his first world title came to defeating Hulk Hogan. Yeah. After a year of being undefeated. Yeah. It was, it was, it was literally his first, his first rookie year, The Undertaker's rookie year was an undefeated year ending up with a title shot against Hulk Hogan and winning. That's saying something. Yeah, especially in 91. Yeah. And then for him to not have another title reign till WrestleMania 13? Yeah. Which is 97? Yeah. It's bad. But then again, he was that... He was that type of guy, he had that type of persona. Even a world title wouldn't have elevated him 
much past the where he's, he was already elevated enough where he didn't need something like a world title to boost him up any higher because he was already at the top. Right. By 97, he was already the measuring stick. Right. It was just at that point, you almost had to give him the world title because it, it made the most sense even though he didn't need it. Well, think about it. Who was champion? Fucking Sid Vicious. Right. It's It was ridiculous, but at the same time, you know... It's something that just needed to happen. Yeah, it really was. Needed, it was like a needed, that needed to happen thing. But it is what it is. <laughs> right. But, so, with that, that was the career, the way we thought the career of The Undertaker went. Um, so many good things, so many good things to not even, like, we could probably do a whole episode of just Undertaker accomplishments, and Undertaker, uh, like, matches and everything, and but... scratched the surface... Oh yeah, this literally just scratched the surface. There was there's so much more shit we can do. Oh, I know. But we're going to jump into a new segment after a word from our sponsors, anchor.fm. Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. Who doesn't want to who doesn't want to do stuff for free? The creation tools uh, that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. How simple is that? Can't do anything better than that. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means you can have zero listeners and still be able to try to make money. That is so cool. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the podcast. And welcome back. So we're going to do a new segment on the show called, Can We Book It Worse? Oh yeah. We're going to take a bad angle. And book it completely worse. Because I feel like nobody does that. Because why would they? Because that would be career suicide. But I have no career. So let's do this. Right. (laughs) So everybody hated WrestleMania 30. The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar won the match. Which is fine. In my opinion, I thought the match was fine. Even Taker said Brock didn't need it. Okay, cool. It was Vince's call. Right, unfortunately. Whatever, you know what? Vince saw Brock Lesnar as not a marquee name. How do you make somebody a marquee name? Right. You give them shock value. Well, I was the first person to defeat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Right. So, doing all that, it it made sense to me. Then he went on a tear for like three years 
and got beat by Goldberg to make him a marquee name again. Yeah. It was business, and it made sense business-wise. Does it make sense wrestling-wise? No. But Vince isn't in the wrestling game. He's in the sports entertainment game. So it made sense for the marquee to get those, business-wise, to get those names back up in power. Right. But, I've Um, thought about it. I I have thought about it profusely. And I think we can book it worse. Oh, we can. Because instead of Brock Lesnar winning at WrestleMania 30... I want to make Santino Morella beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. I already got the finish in mind. I have a finish too. We can. We might be able to debate on which one's better and or slash worse. So, Taker has an open contract to fight. Have anybody fight him at WrestleMania? Let them be famous on his dime. Right. This is the month before. We're, we're four weeks before WrestleMania, and then all you hear is Santino's theme play, and everybody right. everybody thinks it's a joke. It's not going to happen. Somebody's going to come out, beat up Santino, throw him over the ring, and then they'll sign the contract. Right. Santino comes down the ramp, like timid, like he's he's scared, but he's like still has like that power walk. Yeah. And then he signs the contract, and then runs out the ring. Right. And Taker just gives him this look of, "Am I being ribbed right now on live television?" Like, like, okay. Who's really coming out? And then you fade to black with like nothing, like no explanation whatsoever so far. Next week on Raw, Santino Morella opens the show and you just hear him go, I want to fight The Undertaker. I want to fight him. How else... Can I become more famous as Santino Morella than fighting The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Right. It <laughs> already people are shitting on this idea. I can I can see this now. Oh yeah. Trust me, folks. This is gonna get weirder. So instead of Taker being Undertaker, he's going to come out as Mark Calloway. He's going to come out as Mark Calloway. Not even badass, you know, Undertaker. He's not going to come out as the American badass. He's not going to come out as, you know, Ministry of Darkness. He's going to come out as Mark goddamn Calloway. And looks at Santino and says... Dude, I don't want to fight you. I want somebody else to wrestle me at WrestleMania. I don't want you to wrestle me at WrestleMania. So we're bringing in shoot aspects of actually Mark Calloway telling Santino Morella, I'm not fighting you. Right. 
So went what Santina do Santino do to sweeten Chal- the pot? Challenges him to a match right there. No, or some kind of or some kind of contest. No, 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 not even a contest. He just Mark Calloway is standing there, and you see Santino Morella pull out the cobra sock, puts it on his hand. Does the little deal with the fucking hand movement. Mm-hmm. And Mark just looks at him and goes, You're not going to do anything to me. You're not You're not going to touch me. And this is still Mark Calloway, not The Undertaker. Right. And then, as timid and scared and as pissing his pants as Santino Morello would be, strikes the cobra on Mark Calloway. Mark's not even expecting it takes the bump like a fucking man and is selling profusely for Santino Morella right like he just got shot by a fucking gun type of like selling (laughs) oh you mean like Shawn Michaels level of selling Hulk Hogan Kevin Nash one finger poke of doom level of selling Oh, that was the best kind of selling. Exactly. By <laughs> best, I mean absolutely shitty. <laughs> and then you just see him stop moving. Santino has already ran out the ring, and he's looking out the ramp. And San- Santino's looking, and all you hear is, Gong! And then it's the Undertaker that sits up, not Mark Calloway. Now it's Taker. I got I, I got one better. Okay. You're the gong, and then the Undertaker appears behind Santino. Oh, that's even better. And then Undertaker, there you go. Okay, you take it from here. Then let's see what you got. Oh, I don't got nothing. I, I really don't. I'm not. I'm not good at this part. <laughs> okay. So... I, I just have might have little bits and pieces here and there. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, so Taker shows up behind him, and the lights come back on, and Santino's like, (sighs) like, he's gone. Like, he thinks he's gone, doesn't know that he's behind him. Turns around into a choke slam. Turns around, and just goes, ah, and gets goozled, and fucking choke slams right on the ramp. Right. (laughs) and then Taker gets a mic and goes I'll see you at Wrestlemania yep (laughs) so now we're two weeks from Wrestlemania and Taker comes out and it's a mix between Mark Calloway and The Undertaker which, at this point, nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see Undertaker become human. Right. But it's a shoot promo going, Okay, Vince, you want me to fight Santino Morella at WrestleMania? Okay, I'll fight him. But he's not coming back alive. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
and it, like I said, it's a mix. It's a mixed promo, so you can you can tell when it's Mark Calloway talking. You can tell when it's Undertaker talking, and then at the end, he just looks at the camera and goes, "Vince, you're next if this doesn't go right." And Santino pops... For some reason, Santino just keeps on coming out and wanting to fight The Undertaker. <laughs> and Santino looks at him and just, he stand, he's, he's smart this time. He stands at the top of the ramp. Good boy. And he goes, Undertaker! I can't do an Italian accent while being stupid. So I'll just talk normally as Santino. Undertaker. You are a legend in this business. I need to make a name for myself. I do not want people to think I am a comedy act. I want people to take me seriously. Which nobody wants to. Everybody knows you're the fucking Cobra deal. Boom, done. So now we're trying to make Santino Morella serious. That's gonna go over swim. That's gonna go over well, swimmingly in New Orleans. So now, Taker's looking at him like, "You're really trying." Okay. Okay, then Santino, if you want to have a match with me, let's make it. One of the most diabolical matches that you'll ever be in. Hell in the cell. At this point, Santino's trousers get a bit heavier. So, little caveat here Santino is wearing white pants. There is a shot of Santino looking at The Undertaker, and all you see in this shot, while that's happening, is Santino's butt is starting to turn brown. (laughs) So now we've seen the man piss himself, we've seen the man shit himself, and Vince McMahon is losing his shit backstage. So now we've turned this match from Again, from a serious angle, back to comedy. Right. And it's at the expense of The Undertaker, who is probably not happy at this point. Oh, God, no. So, one week before the match, Santino Morella is inside Hell in a Cell by himself. And he talks about how he's... I've never been in this match before. I've never been inside this structure. And he, as he's saying this, he's scared shitless. Like, he, you can tell he doesn't want... Now he's regret signing the contract for the match. Well, he should be. <laughs> as anybody should be when you're fucking facing The Undertaker inside Hell in a Cell. Right. And it's going to get a lot worse, folks. Trust me. Um, so he's talking about it and talking about it and talking about it, and all you hear is, gong, lights cut out, 
And then you see Taker on the Tron. And Taker goes, Santino, you don't have a snowball's chance in hell against me inside Hell in a Cell. And then you cut to the promo of all the people he's battered, bruised, bloodied, inside Hell in a Cell. Obviously cutting out Kane coming in and distracting him. Cutting out Kurt Angle winning the arm again in Hell in a Cell. Cutting out Bossman getting hung. Actually, no, keep that one in because that will that will go into the next comedy bit with Santino. But I got one thing to add after the whole um, Titan Tron thing plays. Okay, as so... Sant- as, as Santino is concentrated on the Titan Tron, Undertaker pops up from underneath the ring, taps Santino on the shoulder, and tubes something. I think I have something better. Okay, just tell. And I could be... I, I, I might be better. I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay, I like the whole Taker comes behind him, but let's do it as Taker comes out from underneath the ring, through the ring. That's what I was, yeah. And taps him on the shoulder, but doesn't tombstone him. He drags him underneath the ring. Yeah, yeah. And then you drag him underneath the ring, give him about a minute worth of smoke, maybe two minutes worth of smoke and, like, lightning and lighting effects and everything. And then you see Santino come out from underneath the ring, but not from the hole, from underneath the skirt. No, no I, wouldn't, I wouldn't show anything other than the cobra coming out of the hole. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not doing that. I'm doing, like, his hair is now dyed white. His eyes are white. Like, we're gimmicking up this entire thing. We're going to shit on this. Period. (laughs) So, with that being said, he's, like, he's up against the cage door, like, (gasps) hair spiked up, white, fucking eyes white, like, he's seen... Some shit. And then you go... And later in the night, you go to... The doctor's office. And you just see Santino there. In like almost like a straight jacket type. Like, rocking back and forth in the position. And he's just like... I don't want to go back. 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 <laughs> and is now completely... 100% regretted his decision to sign the contract. Right. So now, now it's WrestleMania. Let him have, let him have the entire entrance that he had at 30, like he did with Lesnar. I'm fine with right. that. That was a great entrance. But instead of the casket being normal, let the casket be like a cobra. Yeah. And then let that blow up in his face. Yeah. Now, here's where it gets good. He's in first. Santino Morello's music plays. Goes out, goes back to the entrance. 
music stops. Music plays. Goes out a little bit farther. Turns around. Says, nope. Goes back. Music stops. Goes back out one more time. And Taker's now pissed. Goes through the door. Goes to the ramp. Just catches Santino. And fucking throws him into the cell. I like that. And now he's pissed. So now we have Santino and the Santino Morella still have white hair, still have white eyes, shaking, timid, just does not want to be in this match. At all. Doesn't want to be there at all. He would like to just take his WrestleMania check and go the fuck home. Right. So then this match ain't going to last long. Right. So here's what happens. And this is going to be a three-minute match inside Hell in the Cell, which is now already pissed off every single listener on this podcast. Easily. Just wait till you hear the ending I got, people. Just wait. Taker taking liberties with fucking Santino. Putting him up against the cage, busting his face open, fucking this, fucking that. Taking the steel steps, bashing his head in, taking the steel chair, bashing it over his back multiple times. One choke slam, two choke slam, three choke slam. He's pissed. He doesn't want to be part of a comedy angle. One tombstone, two tombstone, three tombstone. But doesn't pin him. He wants him to suffer. And your finish is... Santino, like Undertaker, forget Santino for a moment. Santino grabs Undertaker's urn, he opens it up, and out comes the Cobra and hits Taker for the one, two, three. So pretty much he the the urn is in the corner of the ring for no reason. Yeah. And you and you see a cobra pop up. And here's here's the way I can picture this visually. The urn is still on the ring. And you yeah. pop, like, he, Santino goes to the urn and just holds it and you he sees this stupid sock puppet cobra pop up out of the urn and, like, slithering and everything with his head going around the urn. And then he, Santino just looks at it and goes, okay, puts the cover back on the urn and his hand is placed ever so slight handed so that you can't see him put his hand up and cobra strike him. Right. And uh so you do all that and then Taker gets pinned. One, two, three. The Cobra Strike is now the most overprotected move in all of the business. Right. And More it, so than Hulk Hogan's leg drop. And it broke the Undertaker streak. Right. So how do you want the audience to react? We can go with either the way it went with the gasp or a riot. A riot. Okay. So you have a riot breakout going, Boo! 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 You fucked up! You fucked up! You fucked up! You fucked up! Like... (laughs) Oh my god. I can see this being like the best hate mail ever. (laughs) Oh yeah. 
Good lord. I will I will send this to Vince McMahon personally and see if he rewrites thirty. <laughs> Please don't do don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I think this is good. I think honestly, if you tell it the right way, it's a funny storyline where Taker gets like I'm gonna get so much shit for this and it's gonna be great because I'll take it and I'll love it. And but, Vince will be like this is some great shit. This is this is some great shit, pal. <laughs> but uh so then the night after who was money in the bank holder at 30? I don't even know. 30, what was the main event? It was Brian Orton. Oh, so Orton had already cashed in. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to retcon that. How can I do this? Ah, here we go. Let's piss off everybody even more. The night after Daniel Bryan wins the World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> Please tell me, I hope you know where this is going. He, he, Santino Morella, all jacked up on Mountain Dew after his win, goes, <laughs> interrupts Daniel Bryan's speech of becoming the world champion, WWE champion, and challenges Daniel Bryan to a match that night. He comes out, bell rings, Cobra, one, two, three. Santino Morello is the new world heavyweight champion. <laughs> um, I might go that fast. I might. I'm not sure. Um, no, okay, so I got it. I can add on a little extra sizzle to this. Okay. So Daniel Bryan is going on with his speech, and everybody goes, You deserve it. Clap, 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 clap. You deserve it. Clap, 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 clap. And as he's going on with his speech, in the middle of the speech, you hear Santino mu- Santino's music play. Right. So, you see Santino Morella's music play, or hear it play, and you go, okay, why? <laughs> and you hear, you hear, like, nuclear level booze, like ten times worse than anything Roman and Cena has ever heard. That's saying something. Right. And you... And it's like then, constant. Let's put, it, let's put it this way, folks. Remember the pop Triple H got when he came back in 2002? Imagine all that pop turned into booze. Actually, go this route. Imagine the booze that happened to Roman Reigns the night after WrestleMania 33? I think 31. 33. When he beat Taker? Yeah. So the night after, it was 10 minutes of constant booze to Roman Reigns. I know, every time he put the microphone to his mouth, the booze got it louder. It got worse. It got worse. And so, the funny part... What's the funny part? Loved every minute. Oh yeah, it was great. That Roman Reigns loved every minute. Yeah, let's get back to Santino. So it's it's that bad. Yeah. But they're talking through it. They're talking their promo through the booze, through everything. So now, you have a match later in the night. Santino Morella versus Daniel Bryan for the World Heavyweight Championship. 
And it's not going to go, I, I just thought about this, it's not going to go as fast. We're going to have an actual technical match between Santino Morella and Daniel Bryan for about 15 minutes. Okay. And then you hear Triple H's music play. Okay. Now everybody thinks, oh, Triple H is going to come down and beat up Daniel Bryan, costing Santino the title match. You'd be wrong, fuckers. I'm going to have Triple H have Santino Morella play the Randy Orton role in The Authority. Yeah. As world heavyweight champion. Triple H comes down, referee's distracted, Daniel Bryan gets pedigreed, and then... For good measure, Triple H holds up Daniel Bryan and tells Santino, do it, do it, do it, do it. Fucking Cobras him down on the mat. One, two, three. Santino Morella is now your new world heavyweight champion. Now think about all the nuclear heat he's now has. He's now not only defeated the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania, he has destroyed Yeselmania. Pretty much. In 20 Four hours. Right. And then you let Santino Morella be a chicken shit heel champion the entire way through to next WrestleMania and let Daniel Bryan get his win back. Yep. And that's how I would book Santino Morella versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. Yeah, I get to feel the Oh, I am in a cold room and I'm feeling like it's Florida, 95 degrees, and sunny. <laughs> and I am living it up. Right. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah. I hope I get a lot of good feedback for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so with that, we're going to end the show with an F. Mary Kill. And Steve, I'll let you pick this time. Uh, let's go past world champions. No, past Undertaker opponents at WrestleMania. There we go. We got Giant Gonzalez. Oh fuck! You know I had to do that. Um, Mark Henry. Hmm. And let's go CM Punk. Hmm. Now you got me in a pickle. I didn't want to go the complete obvious disgusting route with Big Daddy being the great colleague. I figured at least give you one horrible option. It's been a point. Um Mary Punk. Yeah. And now I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'd say kill Gonzalez and fuck Mark Henry. Uh, I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to kill Mark Henry, and I want to see if the giant Gonzalez is really giant. hey <laughs> And with that, the podcast is over, guys. So, uh, like I said, we have a new YouTube channel going up. Uh, all the podcasts will be going up there every week, Thursday afternoons. Um, follow us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, 
uh, Stitcher. Uh, what else do we have? A couple of them in the UK. I don't remember which. But um, thank you guys for enjoying the hiatus. Um, we're up to 92 listeners or 92 listens in the last month, which is awesome. Um, so keep on listening. Keep on hearing us. Um, hopefully we entertain you as much as we can and hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you later.